So would you pray with me as we ask God's presence again here today? Our Father, we thank you for the gift of children. Thank you for the gift of this place. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do today. We just pray that in these moments ahead, you would help us to put out of our mind all the things that are about the coming week, all the worries and the concerns and the heaviness that we carry this morning. And Lord, just focus our attention upon you. Lord, I don't know all that we brought into this place or the heaviness that we carried into here this morning, but Lord, I just pray you would help us lay it at your feet today. And with the assurance and the peace that Lord, you are able, regardless of what it is, you are able. So Lord, we celebrate you. Lord, as we look to your word now and to those baptisms in just a moment, Lord, would you continue to, to pour out your spirit upon this place, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look together this morning at Luke, the 15th chapter. And if you've been around the church very long, these will be very familiar stories to you. But I want to, I want to start this morning... Uh, in a different way. I want to tell you a story I read about a little boy who had to miss church on Palm Sunday. His mother stayed home to care for him, but his father went on to church that Sunday. But when dad came home, he saw his son still laying there sick on the couch, but the little boy noticed dad carrying something in his hand. Like a lot of churches, uh, uh, that church had given dad a, a palm branch. It was Palm Sunday, and his dad was carrying that, and the boy was curious, and he asked his dad what was with the palm branch. And his dad said, well, it's Palm Sunday, son. You see, when Jesus came into town, everybody waved these palm branches to honor him. So we got palm branches today. The boy was clearly upset and perhaps a little bit confused by what happened at church that Sunday morning. He was so upset he began to cry, and his mother asked him what was wrong. And the boy lamented, it's just my luck. The one Sunday I was sick and I missed a church is the Sunday that Jesus showed up. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I've missed the Sunday that Jesus showed up. But fortunately for us, the good news is this morning that Jesus shows up at church every Sunday, and especially on a celebration Sunday here at Bentonville Community Church. God has certainly been good to us. Can we agree about that this morning? We have much to celebrate. I want to take a moment to do that. I want to I want to ask some folks to stand this morning. And first, I want, to, I want to recognize the Hispanic congregation. If you're from the Hispanic congregation, would you stand this morning? God has been working and blessing and growing that church. <laughs> Pastor Amanda has been hard at work, and a lot of these folks too hard at work, and God is doing great things through them. You can be seated for a moment. I want to ask some other folks to stand this morning. 
And I'm going to ask this group to stand and stay standing. And I'm going to ask you to hold your applause to the very end. But I want to recognize some folks who have stepped up in the gap to make a difference. I want to start with our local and global missions. This includes folks who have served in the food pantry, at Samaritan's Feet, at Angel Tree, Pack Shack, filled a Thanksgiving box. If that's you, or, or help deliver those, if that's you, would you stand this morning? Stay standing if that's you. Thank you. How about this group? Children's ministry. Who served in children's ministry? That could be nursery, small group teachers, children's church, any of those folks. Stand up this morning if you're here. I'm sure they're, most of them are upstairs, aren't they, Diane? They're working this morning. All right. Youth ministry. Who served in youth ministry with Pastor Kevin? You, yeah, stay standing. Stay standing. It's okay. I got to stand the whole time, so you can stand for a few minutes. I promise it'll be Okay. If you've helped in youth ministry, would you stand this morning? Thank you. How about this? Uh, First Impressions team, that's our our greeter ministry, the people you see when you first come in. If you're on that team, would you stand this morning? How about this group? Community, uh, Community group leaders, Wednesday night class leaders, those folks, would you stand this morning? Did you know we have a security team? If you're here and not in another part of the building doing security team stuff, would you stand this morning? How about congregational care? Anybody that serves in congregational care? Worship team. That could be band, singers, tech. Church, I want you to look around at these folks. I'm going to give you a minute to celebrate, like you're celebrating the hogs in a minute. I'm going to give you that second in just a minute. But these are the folks that have stood in the gap in this time of pastoral transition. These, some of these people serve regardless of whether we have a pastor or not. They just keep serving and keep serving. But this morning, we want to invite all of you to serve. We want to invite all of you to serve. I wish this morning that everyone in here was standing at this point. I may have missed a group, and if I have, please forgive me. And if I have missed a group and you're here this morning, you certainly can stand with them. But you know what? These are the folks who have been working hard to make these days happen. And I just want to take a moment to celebrate them. Would you give them a round of applause and celebrate them this morning? You may be seated. There's another, there's actually two more groups I want to bring attention to. Number one is our church board. If you're on our church board and you're present this morning, would you stand? You'll notice some of the same people are standing now that were standing just a moment ago. But these folks have worked hard over these months to to guide us and give leadership and and to hold us together and have maybe more importantly than any of this, brought to us a candidate, now our pastoral choice, that has, has come together because of these folks and their faithful hours together with our district superintendent. And so I just want to say thank you to them this morning. Would you join me in saying thank you to them? You may be seated. There's one more group, and, and I'm going to get in trouble for this, uh, uh, but they'll, they'll forgive me, I think. I, I want to celebrate our pastoral team this morning. If you our, our staff pastor, would you stand this morning? If you're, these folks have worked 
hard. They've been here late into the night. They've given up days off. These folks have worked hard to make this happen. We owe these folks a debt of gratitude. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to our pastoral team as well. And Mal's not running up here to tackle me, so I guess I'm okay to finish this morning. We'll see if he lets me back up here or not. This morning, we've dedicated a beautiful baby girl to the Lord. In a few short moments, we're going to baptize four young people. We, we just talked about all the volunteers and the pastoral staff that's held this thing together, that stood in the gap during this pastoral transition. We have a new pastor and worship pastor coming in a few weeks. I don't know about you this morning, but my heart is full of celebration because together we are doing what God has called us to do. But if none of that excites you this morning, the one thing that ought to excite you more than anything else is that we have victory and freedom and peace that can only be found through the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, is there any doubt that indeed we must celebrate? You know what? I don't know. Maybe we need to call every Sunday a celebration Sunday. And maybe when we do these baby dedications and baptisms, we call it a special celebration Sunday because we always have something to celebrate. I truly understand the psalmist when he says, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His faithful love lasts forever. Amen? I heard a preacher say not long ago that we serve a God who is no stranger to partying. My ears perked up when I heard that. He went on to say, when you look at the festivals of the Old Testament, it was clear that God wanted his people to celebrate his goodness to them in a manner, as a manner of remembering and as a way of being thankful for all that God had done for them. Most of those celebrations in the Old Testament we know as festivals, and each provided a way for the older generation to tell the younger generation of the faithfulness of God. Each year, they would rehearse the stories of what God has done for their ancestors. Even into the years of the New Testament, and even to this present day, many Jews still commemorate those festivals as a way of remi reminding themselves and the new generations of the faithfulness of God. You see, the Church of Jesus Christ also has celebrations that yearly we observe together and remember, to remember the faithfulness of God. Four weeks ago today, if my numbers are correct, we celebrated what could be arguably called the most important celebration in the church calendar, Easter. A few months ago, about five months ago, we commemorated together another of those celebrations. We call it Christmas. And four Sundays from now, we'll celebrate again Pentecost, the, 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 the birth of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit being unleashed upon God's people. Each of these days serves as a reminder of the commitment of God to his people. The birth of the Messiah, the resurrection, and the un leashing of the Holy Spirits and his gifts upon the church, each causing the people to recall God's promises and his faithfulness. And this morning we celebrate 
these truths. However, the people of God must not live only in the story of what God has done in the past. We must also realize that God is at work in the world as much today as he was that first Easter. God, let me say that again, God is at, much, is at work as much today as he was that on that very first Easter. In the same way, God is looking over the world and he's reaching out for people. He's wooing them to him. He's calling them to him. People who do not yet know him. In Luke chapter 15, we find a series of three stories. We're going to read two of them quickly together this morning. And these stories are a response to what happens to Jesus. Jesus is facing some accusations hurled at him from the Pharisees, part of the religious community at the time. They are upset because what they see in this man, who some are saying, in fact, is the Messiah, is not what they think he ought to be doing. They see things in him that they wish weren't there. And these people are determined to prove him not to be the Messiah. In a shrewd way, only Jesus can. He reminds these Jews of their calling and, if you will, puts them in their place by these three stories. If you have your scripture with you, or it will be on the screen, we're going to look at Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had a hundred sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders and when he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Celebrate with me, because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their heart and lives. Here's the second one. Or what woman, if she owns 10 silver coins and loses one of them, wouldn't light a lamp, sweep the house, and search her home carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and life. You see, back in verse 1 and 2, the Pharisees are making an accusation that Jesus has friends who are unclean, who don't measure up, who aren't good enough. It's always intriguing to me when you read these two groups of people in the New Testament, there's tax collectors and sinners, as if tax collectors are their own sort of bad group. They don't even fit with the regular sinners. They're so bad, they get their own call out. Jesus was eating with tax collectors and sinners. Now, I have to tell you, some of us may feel the same way these days. Although, I think they're just doing what the government tells them to do, most of them anyway. You see, 
what they're saying is, Jesus, you're not hanging out with, with, with respectful folks. You're not hanging out with the people that we should be hanging out with. You must not be of God because truthfully, you're not doing and hanging out and being with the people. As a matter of fact, Jesus, one of the things we have against you is you even heal people on the Sabbath. Don't you know we have rules against that? How are you going to say that you're from God when you don't even follow the rules? And Jesus, in a way that only Jesus does, responds by telling a story. What else would he do? The third one that we didn't read a moment ago is the one we call the parable of the prodigal son, or I think it really should be called the, prayer, the, prayer, the parable of the God who loves. You see, that's the point in all of these stories. Jesus, with this parable, is saying, you're right. I don't follow the law like you say that I should. Because, catch this church, lost people are more important than the rules. Boy, I was hoping you'd say amen really loud at that point. Let's try it again. Jesus is saying, you're right, I'm not interested in following the rules because lost people are more important than the rules. Thank you. I'm just trying to get you ready for Pastor Jenny. She was very clear about that. You see, I, I believe that what Jesus is trying to tell all of us and remind all of us in these stories is there is something that is lost. The kingdom of God, the church, is not complete until everyone has come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We cannot lose one because it breaks the heart of God. You see, I'm all for celebrating. I'm all for us cheering. I'm all for us saying, yes, 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 yes. But if one sinner turns from their life and walks with Jesus, do you know what happens in heaven? The place explodes. I'm guessing it's way louder than any Razorback game you've ever been to. And that's saying something. You see, I'm convinced these Pharisees got upset because when they looked at the outside of these people, they didn't see what they thought they ought to see. These people didn't measure up. But you know what? We learned all the way back in 1 Samuel 16 that God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart. You see, when God went to choose King David and anoint King David through Samuel, do you know what happened? Do you remember? Jesse marched all of his sons in front of Samuel the prophet one by one. Samuel saw the first one was like, that has to be the guy. That has to be the guy. Look at him. He just looks like a king. And God said, that's not the one. And the next one came along, and the next one came along, and the next one came along. And every time the Lord said, no, 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 no. He might look kingly, but that's not the right one. And Samuel says, do you have any other sons? And Jesse's like, ah. Oh, yeah, David. He's just out tending the sheep. Why? What do you want with him? Get him. Get him. Call for him. And when, when David arrives, the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, that's the one. Because when you looked at David, he probably didn't measure up. He didn't look right. You see, I'm convinced that that's the way God does things. He doesn't call the qualified. He doesn't pick the best looking or the tallest or the greatest or the smartest or the most educated. I believe most often God calls the most ragtag bunch of mess that God can take and form and, and make them into the person he wants them to be. Because when he calls those folks, 
God can do through them because, well, they just don't have much to offer in their way. And so when God shows up, everybody is clear. It's God. You see, church, I'm all for a celebration. I believe we ought to do this all the time. We ought to celebrate what God's doing every Sunday. But you know what? We can't be satisfied with one baby dedication and a handful of baptisms. We can't, well, we've done good enough this year. We're going to report good statistics at District Assembly. We can't stop. There's no time to rest. There's no time to quit. We cannot give up because there's still a lost world. And you know what? Jesus says, I'm not willing that any should perish. Church, we've got to come to that place. We will celebrate this morning and we should celebrate what God has done. But this cannot be the end. We must keep working for what God wants to do through us. You see, we have a phenomenal pastoral staff, but they can't do it on their own. It takes all of us working together with the talents and gifts that God has given us so that we together can not just grow Bentonville Community Church, that'd be great, but we grow God's kingdom by partnering with him and loving people to him. You see, I'm convinced this morning there will never be, until God comes back, a time for us to rest. You see, the way things are supposed to work is we're supposed to give and go and call and love until Jesus returns. And you see, I'm just convinced this morning. I'm crazy enough to believe that maybe, the scripture says it too, maybe the reason why the Lord is tearing so long is so that we can have an opportunity to love more people to him. So here's my invitation to you this morning. As I wrap this thing up, here's my invitation to you this morning. Find a place to get involved. Find a place where you can work. Whether it's here, whether it's outside the church, be a lover of people in such a way that God can use you to reach somebody else. And please do not tell me that God can't use you. He will use you. You just have to be open. So in a little bit, we'll leave this place. My challenge to you is this. Can we continue to love when we leave here? Can we celebrate together when we leave here what God is doing here and may it so show on our faces that a lost community will be interested in what we have to offer? We used to talk about going out in the highways and byways and, and, and compelling people to come in. You know what? I think it's high time the church starts here and it goes out to do ministry in the world. That's what I believe God is calling us to. That's what I believe this Celebration Sunday is all about. You see, God is calling us to celebrate. But let's not let this be the last celebration we have. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you. 
Thank you that someone was bold enough to lead us to you. Thank you for loving moms and dads and neighbors and friends who brought us to church, who loved us enough, who called us to a place where we could hear what you had to say to our heart. Thank you also for the gift of the Holy Spirit who can speak into our hearts today. Lord, we want to celebrate. Our heart yearns to celebrate. But Lord, this morning, let us remember, even as we celebrate, that you're not finished yet. You're not finished yet. So Lord, may we be your ambassadors to a lost world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.